This is episode 116 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. What are you doing with this gambling crap on these $1 stocks? Today, Tim is joined once again by Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, to answer some listener questions like this. How do I handle the people that love me, that are around me in my life, that don't understand why I do what I do by way of being a day trader? And this... Tim, you always say, look at charts till your eyes. What exactly does that mean? How do I do it? What do I look for? And a few other questions as well. All as a secret part of Tim's big secret master plan. I'll turn you into a chart dork and we'll go to chart dorks anonymous together. Which I guess isn't much of a secret anymore. But it's another fun and informative episode of Steady Trade. Right, Tim? All right. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. We've got a, a friend of the podcast, Kim Ann Curtin, back again and uh, really fun episode. Um, you know, Kim and I get along great. It's kind of funny. We're kind of, uh, you know, we agree on a lot, but a, a lot, you know, we agree on a lot when it comes to trading, but kind of like anything outside in, in quote unquote, the real world, we're about as polar opposite as they get. So it's, it was a fun conversation today. A lot of, lot of, you know, interesting banter, but also I think great education. You know, me talking from a little more of like a technical perspective and her speaking on, you know, what her specialty, the ego and mindset and stuff like that. And what we did today is we, we took the top two or, or two of the top two questions that we get a lot. And it was, again, an interesting mix because her questions, rightfully so, were more mindset type stuff. Mine were more technical. So it was kind of interesting to hear me talk about, you know, the emotional side of stuff, which I'm, again, I'm, I'm no expert. And then her talk about charting and stuff like that on the technical side, where she isn't necessarily that well-versed. So great episode today. Again, I really had fun. I think you'll have a lot of laughs and you'll learn. So again, check out the listener mailbag with Kim Ann Curtin, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, Tim Bowen here. Would like to thank you for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. Really enjoy bringing it to you every week. And I've also got something great to bring to you today. We've recently partnered with Tradier, a great discount brokerage. And for $14.99 a month, you get unlimited trade commissions. No matter how many trades you make, it's $14.99 a month. And the other great thing is you can open an account with only $500. The best part about this is as you're trying to learn and grow that account, you want to minimize your costs as much as possible. So with Tradier, you can put that money back in your account instead of giving it to your broker. And that's how you grow over time. So check it out and sign up with Tradier today. As I mentioned in the introduction, uh, we've got Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, a big friend of the podcast. We've, we've had her on several times and, you know, and, and, and a lot of you ask to hear from her more. And I love chatting with her myself. And what we're doing today is, is, um, since the last time Kim, well, she's been on several times, but she's gotten a few questions, kind of like what I would call repeat questions. So I also, get a lot of repeat questions, which I love, you know, Hey, keep sending the questions. But, um, we kind of handpicked a listener mailbag today of a couple questions that we get a lot and thought it would be best to answer them on the podcast or to reach out to all of you. And then also kind of give a, uh, you know, a, a compare and contrast for a different, you know, for lack of a better term where I, you know, Kim's going to ask her question, 
Then I'm going to reply. She's going to offer her input. And then same thing with my questions where we'll both kind of give our, uh, our input on, on each of these questions. So that being said, Kim, if you want to get right into it, sure. um, ask your first question. I figure I'll reply. You can sure. add, add, you know, offer your input. Then I'll go to my question. And, and I think we, we both took two. You know, yeah. We both two yeah. Two questions each. Cool. So what I am definitely seeing in multiple, uh, email questions is around how do I handle the people that love me that are around me in my life that don't understand why I do what I do by way of being a day trader. How do I handle that? Uh, sometimes some people are upset and they kind of feel betrayed a little bit by those people not really getting what they see. Some people feel just kind of misunderstood and kind of internalize it. So I see kind of a couple of extremes of the reactions. So, so please tell me what you would say to okay, someone. Okay. Which, 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 you know, I get asked about this a lot again, you know, most low, you know, you know, I'm talking to, you know, penny stock traders. Most penny stock traders are young people. You know, most, most yeah. young people are like, Hey, you know, dad, mom, uncle, yeah. you know, teacher, whoever are saying, what are you doing with this gambling crap on these $1 stocks? And yeah. my, 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 uh, input, my approach would be something that I talk about every podcast is having a process, have a, have a real process that this is what you do each day. This is what you do before you enter each trade. Write these things down, document it. And, you know, I, because I think what, what happens is, you know, penny stocks get a bad rap for a good reason because most people treat them like gambling. I mean, most people come to $1 stocks and they throw some money at it. I mean, we've all seen the stats on people at Robinhood, you know, how many Robinhood accounts people throw 500 bucks in and they blow up because they throw 500 bucks in. They haven't done their, their homework. They just, you know, they buy some puts on Apple or they buy some, they put some calls on Apple into earnings and then their account goes from 500 to three cents. And (laughs) That's why this stuff gets a bad rap. But my opinion is, and we've done 117 podcasts talking about a process, a methodology, document that and take that to dad or mom or your uncle and say, listen, I have a, you know, I'm treating this seriously. You know, I'm not, you know, I've got, I'm not just building a house. I have architectural drawings here. I have a plan here of what I am going to do. And at that point, hopefully they're open-minded. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they're saying don't do this because they're looking out for you. But, I mean, if, if my son or my daughter comes to me and they've thought this through, they have a, a business plan, for lack of a better term, and that's what a trade plan is, then, I mean, I mean I'm very open-minded. But I'm going to say, you know what, try it. And, and if you fail, you fail, but you did the legwork. And, and if, if my daughter wanted to open up an ice cream shop and she came to me with a plan and she did her research, there's, there's no mark, there's no ice cream shops in the 10 mile radius and, you know, and all this stuff, right. I would, I would support her. Yeah. It might fail. Maybe, maybe she decides to open her ice cream shop in Antarctica and it fails, <laughs> but at least I would back her in that. So that's my advice yeah. is I don't think anybody that truly has your best interest at heart would, would turn down a well thought out plan. Yeah. Now, if you're just, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to buy some stocks and hope to make some money. 
well, then I hope your parents don't let you do that. <laughs> so have a plan, have a process. Cool. That, that was not exactly what I said, but I think that's really, really a really brilliant way to maybe enroll people that wouldn't otherwise be enrolled in that concept. I, I do think it's possible that there are going to be some people that are not as open-minded as you are, though, as a dad. Fair enough. Fair and enough. I and I think for them, you know, it, the one. I mean, I'm, I'm I, I I'm legitimately will let my son try. I mean, he probably is going to try being a professional fisherman. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that I don't know if it gets much more open minded that. But go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but I think you know because you're an entrepreneur at heart, you right. know that if we try these things, what's the worst that can happen? You realize things from that process, it didn't work, and then you have new information into whatever you do next. I don't know that everybody's an entrepreneurial mindset, and I think, too, if we think about the 25-year-olds out there, their parents are coming maybe a little bit from a, a bit of an older generation where they're still wrapping their head around technology. They're still wrapping their head around the fact that you could stay at home and make money. Uh, so I just, you know, to a couple of people, I said, you know, understand that they may never be able to see your perspective, understand that they may never be able to fully grasp what you're doing and don't worry about it. You know, just, just say to them, thank you for loving me. Thank you for worrying about me. And, and sometimes I, I believe in don't throw pearls before the swine. You know, if you have a Mickey Moto pearl, uh, a pig uh, is not going to appreciate the value of that. So sometimes less is more. So, you know, sometimes you have to just keep your, uh, information, your other perspective or, uh, uh, vision of the world to yourself because people around you may not be able to get it. So that that's the advice I gave, but I, I think they both can live together. Those two different perspectives, right? And, 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 and to uh, to to agree with you, you know, again, my my parents are in the mid seventies. I've been actively day trading for thirteen years now, and they still don't understand what I do. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, they're they're like they, you know, they're they're happy. I'm happy, yeah. but when they like ask me what I did and I start talking about it, they're like, ah. Uh, they just kind of change the subject, yeah. Information. <laughs> because it's like, you know, you're asking their minds to go into something that they have yet to comprehend. And it's, you know, we can't, and, and that could be the way it is even over entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs have a certain mindset that the people who really like security and a company job, they, they can't even comprehend. I, I, when I started out as an entrepreneur 13 years ago, I had a lot of friends who were like, but what if you don't get clients that month? Mm-hmm. How are you going to pay your rent? Right. And I was like, you know, I'll figure it out. Not, yep. not everybody's comfortable with that kind of volatility. And, uh, and that's okay. They don't have to be, but you just have to. That's why I think listening to these podcasts are so important and building that tribe because then you're going to get the support from people that do understand. Uh, and you need that. I think we all mm-hmm. need that supportive energy, but we just may not be able to get it from our friends and family, you know, right. which is okay. So my first question is what I refer to as a dork question. So I'm kind of curious. I'm going to throw you a curveball because I'm, I'm kind of curious how, what, what your response will be. And, and okay. hey, I don't know is always a good answer. But, but uh, you know, again, I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff. And, okay. uh, and, th- and this question I get a lot. So this question is kind of like I'm reading the question to me and to you. So, yeah. you know, Tim, you always say look at charts till your eyes bleed. What exactly does that mean? 
Mm. How do I do it? What do I look for? So again, it's up to you. If, if you know, you know, what do you yeah. think when, when I say charts, 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 look at charts all day long, that's the number one thing you should do. Yep. I, I, I agree. But, and what I understand that to mean is do your homework, do your due diligence, do your research, do the stuff that's not sexy, yep. do the stuff that is not, you know, fun. Yep. That is the foundation of the house you want to build. And if you don't do those charts, then you are ultimately just kind of throwing craps at the table. Like you, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot then. And you're saying, don't let it be a crapshoot. Let it be very intentional. Yes. Very well said. Again, from a non-chart technician, which I will turn you into at some point. <laughs> I'm excited to be whether, whether Whether it be this month or next year or next decade, I'll turn you into a chart dork and we'll go to chart dorks anonymous together. But um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Um, it, because, and you're, you're right in the homework and you also said, you're not looking to throw crap at the wall. And, and that is exactly what I, when I'm talking about looking at charts to your eyes bleed, these patterns repeat, repeat and repeat and repeat. There are five chart patterns that I've, that I've go over and over and over in webinars. Wow. These, you know, three out of five days a week, these patterns repeat. And There's only five. I mean, well, for the most part, for the, the most the main, part, the main five, the, the main, main five. five. Yes, so yes. that's pretty, that's a small amount to look for. Exactly. I mean, I'm thinking you could, you could understand five. If it was 75, I could see that being overwhelming. But if it's only five, that's that okay. is the, that, and, and you touched on something good there. That's the beauty of penny stocks because it's what the, the, the beauty of penny stocks is it's very simple. Stuff is, you know, we, we talk about kiss, keep it simple, stupid all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's not that much to know. The reason we love this niche, I mean, listen, the reason I love this niche is because nobody in your book is competing in this niche. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to compete against Bill Ackman. Right. I don't have to compete against Jim Rogers. These there, guys there is are, one penny stock guy in my book, actually. Peter. Okay, okay. <laughs> one, <laughs> one. <laughs> but, but, but no, that's, that's the simplicity is of it is what we yeah. love because wow. we, don't to, we don't have to compete against the hedge funds. And that's amazing. That's amazing. And, it, and it's amazing that if you are, you know, constantly, advocate i've even heard you say read charts till your eyes bleed so i'm familiar with you saying that but you're telling me then it's only five yep. like like that is why you're telling them read them over and over again because the more you become familiar i imagine then the more you're going to see oh it's one of these five and then there's i imagine specific steps to take for each five Correct. Yep. It's pattern recognition. And yeah, yep. and, and, you know, um, and, and this is something that, you know, I'll, I'll get you up to speed and more and more is, you know, a lot of these newer traders, small traders, you know, they're stuck under what's called the pattern day trader rule. The mm -hmm. PDT, and we do a lot of podcasts, I'm just kind of filling you in, nice. you know, under the PDT, if you've got an account under $25,000, you can only make three day trades in a rolling five day period. So you're restricted. It's a dumb regulation, but it's the feds. What do you do? Yeah. But that is why we focus on so few patterns because these are the ones that consistently work wow. and you can't trade, you know, yeah. especially if you're in school, you've, you're in, you've got a job and you're under the PDT. You can't trade 500 times a day. So totally. you want to focus on the minimal amount of setups that repeat over and over again. The ones that are the right ones to put your money down on. 
Exactly. And your limited amount of trades because yeah. you've only got these and your limited amount of time. So, so Tim, here's a, here's a, let me be a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I could almost imagine somebody who has been listening to you, you know, getting themselves all, you know, worked up to do this, get finally sitting down at the desk they've made for themselves. And then basically what you're saying to be successful is to do it minimally. <laughs> That's yes. And, it, and, and yeah, oh, 100%, you know, less is more. Yeah, maybe you know, being frustrating. Like I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm ready. I'm at the freaking starting gate and you're telling me to only run, you know, 15 feet and then stop. Like I got the adrenaline coming through. I'm ready to take on the world. And you're saying, Nope. That's it. Yep. Yep. And that's, and 100%. And listen, the market is in, and, and I, I believe I stole this saying, I, I rem- I got a good memory, but I'm bad at attributing things, but um, you know, the harder you push on the market, the harder it pushes back. It's like, it's like gravity. Yeah. You can't defeat it. And if yeah. you're a new trader, the harder you push, you're, you're actually accelerating your potential for failure. Okay, so can I give you a term for that in coaching okay. world? In coaching, what we call that is what re- what we resist persists. Yep. yep. Because you're in disagreement with what's so. You're in a disagreement with reality. And guess what? Reality wins only yep. every time. <laughs> And, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's so counterintuitive too, because, you know, especially like, you know, like, like for me being the Midwesterner, I've got this Puritan, you know, work ethic type thing. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, there's a ditch that needs to be dug. Well, the harder you dig, the faster the ditch is done. And, you know, but, and, and meant, you know, building a house, plumbing, you know, writing, writing a book, you know, we're working on a book project. I mean, my book would be done if I just fucking sat down and did it 12 hours a day, you know? So most stuff, the more effort you put in the better, but with trading, learning trading, you know, your biggest thing is to do the minimum, minimal amount of things, work consistently and focus on that. Yeah. I, I could completely understand now why, that energy of like overdoing is happening left and right in it when you're a beginner, because I can completely see you're, you're hungry for the adventure. You're hungry for action. You're hungry for like, you know, the excitement to, to run. Steven, you you know, you know, I've, I've uh, one thing I greatly respect out of Steven. He has been, you know, so candid in, in exactly that. He has yeah. been, I mean, you know, if you follow the podcast, I mean, you know, Stephen yeah. has talked about this many times. He's made mistakes. We all make mistakes. Sure. But he has said consistently his biggest mistakes are when he, when he wants some action. You know, yeah. when, when, he, yeah. when he's like, oh, you know, he gets that gambling itch and that's yeah. when things go bad really fast. Yeah. So. I mean, I wonder if there's a way that what people could do that bump into that. Because I, 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 I mean, here I am in a conversation with you about something that I have yet to even do. And yet I could see myself, you know, I'm a New Yorker at heart, right? Yeah. I, I also believe that we all kind of have like these kind of colors, aura colors. I know I'm going to get all neat, new age on you for a minute, but like the colors that I have, like I have some green. Green is the energy of like moving fast, process information quickly, 
wants to get to action. So I'm always about like, let's move. So here I am imagining myself potentially doing day trading and I could see myself losing my mind. Yep. You're telling me I could only do this much. I'm going to be like, exactly and and, and, you know and and here's the thing um i've tried it all you know i've i've tried large cap stocks you know penny stocks i've tried cryptos you know i've tried options i've done all this stuff and i've found what works yeah five five simple patterns really that's awesome that's awesome okay doesn't mean there's a trade every day no again even more reason why people might blow up their account because there isn't a trade. They don't see one of those five patterns, but they got it. They want to do something. So they just do it against their best interest. And those are always the worst ones. So, (laughs) all right, well, great answer. So let's move on to your second one. Okay. Second one is kind of interesting. So I've gotten a few emails uh, where basically somebody says something's wrong with my trading. And I, and I don't know what it is. And, and they sort of say, you know, everything is fine in my life. Everything is fine with my relationships. Everything is fine with, uh, X, Y, Z, but it's just my trading. And so that's how the conversation opens. And then I reply back. So just tell me about everything beyond trading, because I do really want to know. And then the specifics start to come out and, I think I'm still surprised a little bit that people don't necessarily, men and women don't necessarily relate or correlate that what's happening for them personally is impacting them professionally. Like they really don't see that connection because they, they come into it like, Hey, everything in my life. Yeah, it's fine. But my trading. And then I say, really tell me about your life. And then it starts to be revealed how not okay it is and and not 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 okay i mean nobody's life is perfect but there's challenges there there's hurt there's pain there's frustration there's uh tension there's confusion there's there's stress that's affecting them and i can't believe i'm kind of shocked that people don't realize how could that not affect your trading like how could you think that you could be immune to all of that um so you know my every buddy that I responded to there was differently different because of what challenges they were facing. But I'm, I, I guess I'm just curious what your response to that is when somebody says something similarly as if it's just their trading as if that's sure. a, Nope. Nope. Um, so, so I don't, uh, so I'm going to offer my input. I don't no. have the answers. That's your job to, this, to, <laughs> okay. to fix all of this stuff outside of trade. That, that's why, that's why you're here. Um, but okay. I will say this, and, and that's why, again, I've enjoyed working with you is, you know, listen, I, I've recognized over the last 13 years, I a hundred percent agree. I tell people all, one of the reasons, you know, I tell people work out, train, you know, work the body. Yeah. I, you know, I think the body and the mind are connected. I argue with a lot of people about that. You know, people will say, Oh, look at these, look at these fat billionaire traders. You know, well, they're probably outliers, you know, number one. But I tell everybody, you know, exercise, meditate. I just, I just got out of the sauna actually, but, um, you know, take care of yourself and take care of things outside of trading because I'm telling you, and I've talked to people. I mean, I mean, it, it bums me out, but I've had people that come to me 
you know, some email on the webpage or a DM on Twitter. And they're like, I'm three months behind on my mortgage. Can you teach me trading? And I'm like, Oh man, I'm um, I will help you any way I can. Yeah. But man, if that, if, 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 if the guy, the bank's knocking on the door, this is one of the most difficult things you will ever do. Yes. Stressful, you know, yeah. takes mental, it takes, you know, I mean, if, if that bank's knocking on the door, it's not the time to start learning to trade now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're out there listening to this and, and you're like, Hey, you know, and, and again, I know we all have different issues in life, but yeah. if you're getting divorced, you know, and, and the mortgage is three months behind, I don't know, you know, work on something else or you can study trading. You can study it. Sure. But man, if, if sure. you're taking money from that third month of the mortgage to put in the markets, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Do, do something else. So, um, so I 100% agree. Take yeah. care of your health, get your rest, yeah. you know, read, you know, do all these things that every self-development book tells you to do yeah. because you are embarking on one of the most difficult journeys you're ever going to make. And yeah. just like when, you know, I, I think of my, one of my favorite movies is Rocky three. Bust you up. Go for it. And remember Rocky three, when he first fought Clubber Lang, he wasn't prepared. He was goofing off training and Clubber kicked his ass. Then he trained hard and he was ready and he got his mindset right. So I think if you're trying to do this without the right mindset and three months behind and the wife just asked you for a divorce, do something else and then attack it later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I think, I think I feel that there's, uh, this now, 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 what I want to, you know, yeah. I think we're in agreement, and I know it's not like a thirty-second answer, right? But what should you know those people that are in? What, yeah. what, what should they do? You know, how do well, I get my life in order? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I mean, well, everybody's challenge is specific to them. So what I try to do is pull out of them what is going on personally for them. And where is their pain? Where are their needs not getting met? And, and that's the place where we start, you know? So let's say somebody has, um, you know, the, the financial burdens, uh, that, that they just don't know how to navigate. Okay. Well, let's take a look at your lifestyle. Let's take a look at, you know, is, is there, uh, this kind of internal pressure or gun to your head that you do have to create money right away? You're going to have that inform all of your trading. Because you, are, we are not separate from the challenges that plague us. We're, we are the spite. Everything is like a spider web. It's all interconnected. And so what I will ask people to do is try to point to the places where there's no harmony in your life or not enough harmony and, and see if there's a way we can address that. So it, you have to become kind of uh, you have to look at the landscape from the mountaintop, like looking down and see where are the places that there are challenges. And then you start to systematically go after each of them. But I think primarily people have to realize that their state of mind, what I'm hearing is that everything for you to succeed as a trader in this conversation where we're talking before about the five, you know, patterns, your ability to see that is means you're going to have to be clear headed. You're going to have to be neutral. And for you to be able to be in that headspace, you can't uh, imagine that that's easy to do when you're 
let's say, angry at somebody, or if you're feeling uh, hurt by somebody or betrayed by somebody, or you are potentially uh, in a lawsuit with somebody, right? Like all of these things are going to impact your worldview. So it, it's almost like the people that are going to be really good at trading are the people who are going to be the least uh, attached to the outcome every day, which really asks for a lot of uh, work. You have to do a lot of work on yourself, in my opinion, to be able to be unattached to outcome. And that's what I'm hearing, you know, the more and more we have these conversations is really what's required to succeed here. It's, it's it's interesting. You made the uh, lawsuit reference, and uh, I, I I've I've got a friend that's been a full time trader for geez, I think longer than I have, and he's been involved in a lawsuit, and he, you know he he went from his best year trading two years ago to his worst year trading, but this has been like some nine month or ten month lawsuit, you know, and and he admits it. He's like he's like it's just thinking about it. It's, you know, and it's not even like a big deal. If he loses the lawsuit, he'll, you know, whatever it is, it's not, it's not like he's going to jail or anything. It's like, I don't need, it's like a, it's like a a disagreement with somebody. Not Not like he's going to jail, not like he's going bankrupt, but just by thinking about this lawsuit every day, he went from his best year to his worst year. You know, I believe it. I'm not surprised at all. And it's just that one variable. Everything else is the same. Family's great. but you know, that variable, yeah. that variable, I mean, you think about it, and, and I'm not saying there isn't a time and a place when it's appropriate to be involved in a lawsuit because there is a <laughs> have to kind of stand up for yourself. However, sometimes that attachment to being right and to, to you know, especially. <laughs> I, 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 I had this conversation with him. I'm like, would you just give it up? But anyway, you finish what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, like, but, but think about it. There's something about being right that makes us pay huge costs. So, so right now, let's, let's say I'm going to just make something up. Let's say he's going to get his thousand dollars. Let's say it's something ridiculously small, like a thousand. Yep. Well, that thousand dollars is really more attached to his ego, right? To, To him being right for the court to say, yes, this happened to you. But meanwhile, his excellent trading abilities, which could have made him ten or twenty or forty thousand dollars, is being the cost is the cost he's paying for that one thousand. But it's not that thousand. We know that, right? It's really about him feeling recognized. But this is why it's so important to do the work on ourselves. Because what if you yourself recognize that that injustice had been done? And why do we need the world to see it? Why do we need the court to see it or that other guy to finally see it? Um, you know, we, over the weekend, you and I t- tweeted back and forth over you talking about the fountainhead. Yep. Yep. How much you love that book. And when <laughs> you're, I was so excited to see that mentioned as a book you recommend for trading, like trading the best trading books you've ever read. That was so yep. cool. Um, and it's one of my favorite stories. And if you remember that clip, I couldn't believe that clip existed. I was so yep. excited. It's funny. I've linked it several times. Hello, Mr. Rock. I hope I'd meet you someday like this alone. You shouldn't mind talking to me. What about? There's a building that should have been yours. There are buildings going up all over the city which your great chance has refused to you and given to incompetent fools. You're walking the streets while they're doing the work which you love but cannot obtain. This city is closed to you. It is I who've done it. Don't you want to know my motive? No. 
I'm fighting you, and I shall fight you in every way I can. You're free to do what you please. Mr. Rourke, we're alone here. Why don't you tell me what you think of me in any words you wish? But I don't think of you. I mean, it's just so cold-blooded. Howard's just like... Let me talk about a mic drop on, on oh, Ellsworth too. Yeah. Know, right? <laughs> but I remember watching that. That was my first exposure to Ayn Rand. It was on television, that movie. Oh. I must have been maybe maybe 17, 20, something like that. I, I remember watching the movie by myself, had never heard of Rand, had never read any of her books yet. Maybe I had read Anthem. I, I don't even know. I didn't recognize her at the time. But when that quote, when he, so, so for those who don't know this, didn't watch our Twitter back and forth this weekend, <laughs> it's a quote where this, this, uh, newspaper reporters just ruin the reputation of a really talented architect because the architect won't, uh, sell out. He won't compromise what he feels is his artistic vision for, you know, the mob, for those things that are like chic. He, you know, he wants to do true to himself. And this, this guy's really gone out of his way to ruin his reputation. And he's at the architect's, the site of the building that he didn't get. And the guy sees him and he's like, you know, nobody's around. Rourke, the architect, you know, this is the reporter. You can tell me what you think of me. And I'll let you finish the story. Well, he says, I don't think of you. So, and then that's the mic drop. So we'll make sure the producer drops that in. By the way, the Fountainhead movie. Great yeah. movie. Old school, black and white, Gary Cooper, right? Um, yeah. highly recommend it. So, so. Great. If, Great. if, if you're too lazy to read the 800 page book, right. which I don't think you should be, but if you're that lazy, the hour and a half movie is really damn good, actually. It's really so, damn good. Well, I would say if you're lazy, then ask yourself, are you really supposed to be treating? Cause you're not going to be able to read your chart. You can't read a freaking book. And it's on audiobook. It's a, it's, it's a great audiobook, by the oh, way. Oh, that must um, be. Yeah, the guy, that? the guy that does it on Audible, both Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, the guy that reads them is awesome. But, oh, but anyway, we'll move on from our Ayn Rand love okay. fest. Well, well, because what, <laughs> what that's in that moment, like that's what, you know, I mean, you said cold blooded, right? And I, and I get what you mean by that, but cold blooded to me means like, you know, as a sociopath. Sure, sure, sure. But, but I don't think he's cold blooded. No. I just think he is. He is contained, self-contained. He knows who he is and he doesn't need other people to see that. Exactly. And that to me is enlightenment. That to me is like you have arrived to the place of, you know, wholeness. And, and I think my guess is that, that those would be the, the best traders, the, those who are not attached, yep. you know, to those results. And, and I, and I brought this up in another conversation because I, I watched it again recently. When I think back to um, what's his name from sh- the short who was who was betting against the uh, the mortgage. Oh shoot! Um, I can't Barry. remember the name. Yeah. Barry, Barry, Barry. Yeah, I think so. But but the lead character in the big short. Yes. Yeah, yep, and so. his like, I mean, he's under tremendous pressure. Everything external to him, all his clients are pissed off at him, and he's just holding his center the best he can. And and that is what I think, you know, is what we ultimately need to move towards and, and see, wow, am I constantly triggered or am I able to stay neutral and respond? And and anytime somebody has a lawsuit or or some kind of a big challenge or conflict, you know, a lot of conflict in life, I'll try to ask people, like, what's here? What are you attached to? 
that is going on and, and look at is, is that attachment serving you uh, or is it costing you? Which, which again, we'll move on to the, my second question, the last one of the day. But I do want to, again, thank you for that answer. And I'm glad you brought up that lawsuit point because I'm going to send this to my buddy when this episode is done because you were much more eloquent. My response was just like F, you know, like words interspersed with F bombs. That was my advice to him. But, but our, at the end, our point was the same, but you were much more eloquent with your delivery. Than well, I he, was. Empathy. <laughs> he needs empathy, Tim, right? <laughs> well, I didn't give him any. I'll tell you that much. I didn't give him any. <laughs> so my second question They won't listen to us if we don't give them empathy first. If we give them empathy, that gives them a little bit of oxygen in their tank to be able to process our advice that might be counterintuitive to what they're currently doing. And they're just not going to be listening if they feel like you're judging them, which, you know, most times we do because we we can see what they can because we're outside of it, but they just won't listen to us. Uh, unless we show some empathy for their pain. So I, so, so, so before that, before that point, I was at zero empathy. I've now moved up to 0.001%. <laughs> so after maybe like 7,000 more podcasts, you'll get me up to the normal empathy of like a normal human being. But anyway, thank you. So my second question is you also go on and on about preparation. Uh, what do I do in off market hours to prepare for the day. So again, you know, I know, uh, you know, you know, we're, we're kind of getting you down this road of being a day trader, yeah. but, uh, you know, when, when I, you, you know, when I talk about, you know, we talked about already homework, you know, putting in the off hours outside the market day, what, what yeah. does that mean to you? Uh, it's the not sexy part again. Yeah. It's, it's being, it's being clear, uh, coming, you know, coming up with the map that you're going to stay on finding doing all the research of where you need to go what happens if you go there and it doesn't work out where do you make your left hand turn uh so to me i think too all of this stuff is the not fun sexy Mm -hmm. the lights the, the markets open the bell you know like all of that stuff is so exciting and you're saying uh no actually forget that do all this private in your home quietly when nobody's watching you that's where your meat's going to be. Uh, the yeah. rest is kind of like gravy. And and that's hard for people, I think, probably to hear. So they probably get annoyed at you when you tell them. <laughs> so there's, there's a and great answer. Great answer. And, okay. and I, um, so I, I've got a couple references that I use a lot. And there's, um, you might be familiar with the meme. There's, there's one of these memes where it's like, what I think I do, what my mom thinks I do, what I really do. You've seen those. So there's one of my favorite memes is day trader. And it's like what I think I do. And it's like, you know, it's Neo in the matrix. (laughs) And then it's like, and then, and then it's like, or it's, or it's like a piece, a picture of a a Michael Douglas in wall street. You know, it's like what I think, I I think I'm, you know, Michael Douglas in wall street. And then it, then it goes through and then it's like what I really do. And it's just this little cartoon of this guy staring at the screen, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, because everybody thinks about the bell and the guys in the pit screaming and all that. And that's not where the money gets made. And and the other reference that I use all the time, I'm a, I'm a huge Tom Brady fanboy, 
You know, it's hard not to be an old guy and look up to him as another he's old guy. Football, he's a football player, right? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. But I just uh, know he's cute. That's yep, what I yeah, know. There you go. Yes, he, he he's damn handsome. I won't call him cute, yeah, but I'll, I'll call him handsome. But, but you know, well, I think what, about – Isn't he the winning quarterback, like, for the past four or five years? Yep, yep. Basically, you know, this will probably get us a bunch of hate comments, but, okay. you know, he's the best quarterback of all time. If, if you're arguing against that, you could post your hate in the comments below. But, <laughs> is he um, full of himself? No, 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 no. It's just okay, people, yeah. people, when, you know, and I know you're not a sports fan, but no. when the other team is successful, you just hate everybody. You know, yeah. it'd be, it, Mother Teresa could be the quarterback and you'd hate him if you're, if you're a Jets fan. Okay. So, <laughs> but the idea, and again, I know you're not a sports fan, but football is a great example because, you know, mm-hmm. they play for three hours on Sunday. The quarterback is only on the field like 40 minutes a game. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not even that. Check yep. my stats. Yeah. But they got to, I mean, they watch film. They got to work out. They got to, you know, they got to drill and drill and drill. Those yeah. guys, football players, I mean, they're working their asses off yeah. 16 hours a day for that 40 minutes on the field on Sunday. That's a great, great metaphor for it. I could see that. I mean, honestly, I think that's the way it is with almost anything in this well, world. True. true. Right? <laughs> yeah. The people we think that are so successful, we're like, wow, look at, you know, I think well, that's, that's, that's the great saying of, you know, there is no such thing as an overnight success. Exactly. You know, it does not exactly. exist. Yeah. I, there was a, I, I love Lizzo. She's like my new favorite, you know, musician and, you know, queen that I'm following by way of like how she holds herself and lives and there's this quote recently where she said you know two years ago three years ago she's been at this forever and you know now she's like all over the place and she said uh she remembers thinking like a couple of years back if I stopped playing music nobody would care like because she had no she didn't really have the fan base then you know and she was like but you know what the music is what I'm here to do. Like I have to do this, whether I have people who know me or not, this is what I have to do. And you know, that's why I believe she made it over the hump to this place of finally making it. But I think that's with every industry or every choice. And, And I agree. You know, it's like back to her as a musician, you know, when she was getting started and I don't know who she is, but it's like this for everybody. I don't know Lizzo. It doesn't ring a bell. I mean, you know, remember, I'm like an, I'm a Metallica guy. All right. I like so. Metallica. But, oh my God. I'll have to get you turned on to Lizzo. You haven't but, heard Juice? Oh my God, dude. She's this big, beautiful black woman. And I, th- I think we've, I think, you know, between the point zero one of empathy, now you're trying to push this female singer on me. I think, I think we've reached max feminization of Tim for this episode. I don't think okay. we can go any further. Okay, I'll, be, I'll send you the song. Don't love it. You might tap your foot accidentally through it. I think. But um, but back to the point. You know, it's just like I'm sure you've read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, same thing. You know, you have to have that passion, and this will kind of be that point I will leave you on. Yeah. When I got started in 2007, 2008, I had toddlers, little kids. Wow. I had an exploding business. And I was getting up at 5 a.m. Didn't have to. I owned the business. I could stroll in at 11 a.m. if I wanted to. I was getting up at 5 a.m. to study trading, to look at charts, because I had the bug. You know, I'd had it since I was a kid. And that's what I would leave you, the listener, with is, Mm -hmm. hey, the money's awesome, but you got to love to do this because just like, 
you know, Kim Singer that she's trying to feminize me with. Lizzo. You know, Lizzo. Lizzo, just like Lizzo, when nobody was listening, yeah. she had the passion, and that's why she is where she's at today. And and that's one key takeaway from this episode. I want you, the listener, to know. I mean, I, I get it. Everybody wants to make money, but if you're going to do this successfully over time, you got to be laying in bed at night thinking, man, I can't wait to get up start doing my research, find that one out of five patterns that works for me and, you know, and, and then cross the finish line, they say. So, yeah, totally. And, and I guess I just want to say to people like you are going to get that 40 minutes on the football field though. Like that is the sexy fun part. And, you know, her getting the VMA awards Lizzo and being at the top of the charts now, like, like that day will come, but you just have to do the dirty work, the grunt work to get there. So don't think that sexy part won't come and you're a fancy suit like Gordon Kecko, but you've got to work to get it. And I think that's all you're telling me that has to happen. You know, the reading charts and reading books. So again, Kim, I would like to thank you for appearing on the podcast again. I'm, I'm hoping this is a, you know, one of the, you know, again, one of the, one of the many, one of the 7,000 steady trade podcasts we're going to do. And, um, to you, the listener, if you liked this kind of mailbag Q and A, please comment below. Um, if you, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on steadytrade.com, drop us a question or on steady trade, you know, if you don't want it in the public comments on YouTube or on the blog, you could just go to steadytrade.com. We have that email, a question, shoot them over to us. We, I mean, to me, my, as much as I love breaking down the charts or, or going over a trading book, when mm. when I'm answering your questions yeah. like Kim and I did today, that's those are my favorite episodes. Um, I, I I love doing that because I now know that I mean my questions I get all the time. I now know that I'm I'm helping a thousand, ten thousand, who knows how many people. Totally. So again. Thank you, Kim, and we will see you on the next episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. Hi, this is Latrina from Frederick, Maryland, and I like to clean my kitchen while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Frederick, Maryland. I kind of know know who Tom Brady is, like kind of like, but I couldn't. Is he? Is it the Jet? Is the Jets or Giants? Patriots, oh Patriots. my goodness! Yeah, so. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm like one of those. <laughs>